spirit. It's everywhere. Are we able to communicate with them? What can they teach us? Welcome to School Through Spirit. Host Diet Renee is a certified psychic medium and master teacher of psychic and mediumship development through LWISSD. Diet was born knowing spirit and now is here to help you better understand the spirit world. Now, your host of School Through Spirit, Diet Renee. Hey, good Monday morning. Welcome to School Through Spirit. I'm your host, Jet Renee, here on WLTK Let's Talk Digital Radio. This is a show to explore different people's lives, their journeys, and how spirit has impacted it. Now, we will be talking to people from different modalities of spirituality and others that have just found that spirit really has impacted their life. Now, each week I do talk to a guest on the show. Um, today is going to be Victor Peruta, and I cannot tell you how excited I am to speak with him. Um, it's just amazing and I'm praying I, I pronounce his name right because as we all know I have been doing trying so hard to learn names better um, but we do always start with a small discussion also okay and you know I'll tell you what the only the same thing keeps going through my head over and over and over again and it's really been going through my head for the last I don't know through the weekend um, through the last month Um I seen my mentor talking about it last night, and I, you know, I think it's something that it really has warrant to speak about, and that's change. That word, that nasty word, change. Oh my God! If you think about it, what is what's that mean? It's just, it's a really a hard word. It's it's four four small letters, four four five. I can't even count this morning. No wonder why I can't get names, guys, huh? But change, it's a five letter word, but it really can be very, um, it can be really hard to deal with. It can be really hard to deal with, you know, and I will tell you what, let, let's go a little bit into my life. You know, as everybody knows, I, I call this my remote location because this is not my office. Well, it's temporary office right now because I moved from my regular office into here to wait for the, the office to be reconstructed, redone, redone. Um, and I will tell you what, there's been a lot of changes through that because and it was a lot of adapting, a lot of changes, a lot of adapting, and that's not easy to do. I am not necessarily a person that always adapts beautifully to change. I need five minutes to breathe, take in what's going on, figure out, and kind of keep moving. And I will tell you what has happened since that project started. Anybody knows renovation? If it's going to hit the fan, it's going to hit the fan, and it usually does. Now, we were thinking about a week, week and a half down. It was almost a month, almost a month. And you would think, oh, my God, I'd be so happy. And trust me, I am thrilled about it. But... What happened during that month of changes? Now, it was supposed to be just take out one floor, put a new floor in, call it a day. But we found the old cistern. You know? I don't know if you all know what the old cistern is, but back in the day, before they had running water in the house, they would take basically a big drum of sorts that they would make out of it. Ours was made out of limestone. Limestone and basically mortar. And it was nine feet deep. And it was at least 10 foot round underneath this room. Now, we suspected at that point, because we already knew the room was kind of like a shamble together when we bought the house. But you can't leave a cistern there. So we had to dig down all those feet around it, crush it, then real retaining walls. And then when we did that, we found out there was no support on two of the walls because the cistern was originally underneath a deck. 
Okay. Oh, I forgot to finish the cistern. Ah, so a cistern would collect rainwater basically, and it feed the house for water. Anyway, so you, you couldn't. We couldn't have that. So, and by legal rights, it's got to go away. So we had to go away with that cistern, and then all of a sudden, it's like it, it took a long time to rebuild up because you have to dig a lot of dirt out of a room. Never very easy. You can't use heavy equipment. It's just small spade shovels, basically. You know, so that was a whole lot. That was a big change right there. That was a whole lot. Like, oh my God, am I going to be in this storage room of the house? How long am I going to be here? This is going to just kind of drive me batty. You know, and over this last week, we had, you know, it's been a lot of hard work, tons of hard work. And trust me, I'm not the person doing all the work, you know, um, my daughter's husband is. And, you know, a lot of backbreak, you watching him and, and just holding boards or doing whatever he needs. But a lot of changes going through that. And slowly this room went from being my office into being my bedroom. That's another big change, isn't it? It's another change. Now, yeah, the room is awesome. Trust me, it's finally done. It's it's a huge, huge room. I love it. But you know what? I lost the bathroom I had. You know, I, I was really kind of spoiled walking three feet out the door to the bathroom, you know. And I lost that. Now I got to go across the house. So you know what? That's change. And you kind of, kind of, sometimes you have to flow with it. Sometimes you have to work with it. Sometimes you just got to take a deep breath and go, okay, what is for the betterment? What is for the betterment? Okay. Um, because with that change of making it into my bedroom and this room now that I'm in, that I call the remote location, later on will be emptied and the construction will begin in this room. And this room become my new office. Okay. <clears throat> so. As I was going through it, you know, I because again, as I said, I'm a person that doesn't necessarily like change. So I always have to sit back and take a deep breath and go, okay, just, you know what, get my ego out of this. And we've talked about ego before. Get my ego out of this and allow it to unfold to see if it's something better than I thought it would be. Or maybe something better than I, I can imagine it to be. Okay. And it ended up being that way. But I had to kind of sit back, take a breath, and go to see what it's going to be. And you'll find that that'll happen a lot in your life, where change comes up. You know, everybody says, you know, life would be boring if there wasn't change. Life would be so boring. But for so many of us, we like our routine. We like to know that when we wake up Monday morning, whether we like Mondays or not, that we're going to get up, we're going to get showered, we're going to drink our coffee, we're going to have our breakfast, we're going to drive to work, and Monday morning is just going to be a complete shit show for the day because it's Monday, and it wouldn't be any different if it started on a Tuesday. But it is what's going to be, and we're going to come home Monday night, we're going to go, oh, God, thank God that day's over, and do what you got to do, just to go do it again the next day. Now, Tuesdays are never any better than Mondays, but it's just, you know, it's the second day of the week. And we go throughout the week for that. And it's great because by Friday, we can't wait to get done with the day, get home and start our weekend. So for a lot of us, our lives are that way, in and out, in and out, every day after day after day. And that's it's phenomenal. It's awesome. I can tell you what, when that was my life, I didn't have many complaints. My life wasn't overly exciting, but I didn't have any complaints either. 
So my life started to change and my life became something which was not a Monday through Friday it, or, or the weekend work or whatever. When it really became to change, began to change, what happened was, oh, my God, I started to almost have heart palpitations. Like, oh, my God, is this, uh, 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 how am I going to deal with this? And I realized that sometimes you just have to step back and realize you have to let go, kind of like let go like God. It really, you know what? I love that scenario. Let go like God. And you're going to find out that sometimes things are going to crumble. And sometimes you're going to have to start over. And sometimes you get to say, oh, my God, it was just as amazing as it was a lot, you know, as, as amazing. And it takes me as a reminder into um, a saying somebody had posted today. And I love, love, love this saying. Okay, I, I will tell you what. This saying is amazing because what change always makes me think about failure or having to um, start again, um, things of that nature, okay? And I, I always love it because it always starts with a wise man once said, once said, and it's actually um, the only man I've ever known to say it is, can't think of his name, uh, he was a shorter guy in Game of Thrones, I can't think of his name, um, but great, act, phenomenal actor. But he actually said it, I think, at one of the one of the award-winning show, and he said, don't be afraid to start over again. This time, you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. And that's really what change is about. You know, that's really what change is about. Because each time, you know, each time change happens, each time change happens, you have to take a breath. You have to relax. You have to kind of step back and allow things to happen. Okay. Now, with myself, the reason why I, I have always struggled with change is because I am a person that um, I like to control things. You know, I like to control things. I want to know my environment. Um, you know, I used, I, used to, I used to laugh because I used to do this job, and this is a great scenario of how my life was. I used to do this job, and it was doing health ed for corporations. You know, and I used to travel all over the country every every day or two days in a different airport. And I can remember getting into the city and sometimes I'd be working with another person, another lead. And they'd be like, what do you want to eat? I don't know, wherever you want to go, I'll find something. And then I always nonchalant, no big deal. Let everything happen the way it was going to happen. But the minute we hit that doorway for work, boom. I'm a control freak. I was a control freak. Everything had to be a certain way. Boom, 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 boom. Um, I didn't know how to sit back. I didn't know how to relax. It was just, you know, I was just do, do, do. I had to take control because I didn't like change. I didn't like surprises. I didn't want any mishaps. I thought if I controlled it all, that it would always run smoothly. And what I found out is that it was not necessarily always the way. And I found out as I've gotten older and got more of that experience and had to restart my life again because I love to travel. And yes, my job now does pertain with traveling. And I had to start my life all over again because I gave up. Like, I, I broke a nail, guys. And that looks awful. But it's a broken nail. I still have all of this up here. It's just a down below. Just in case everybody's looking at it going, ooh, that's gross. Um, but... <laughs> What I would do with the change, when I would, when I, when my life pretty much, my life as that career ended, it was really an abrupt change for me. It was a huge change for me. And I realized that even though I thought I was really darn good at doing that job, and I was really good in a lot of aspects, that controlling part of me was not good. And even though I, 
I didn't quite realize it at that point. I really didn't. It took me still some more years past that to realize that my whole life with the change, I had a problem with it because of control. I want to control this. I want to control that. I don't want anybody messing with this. I don't want anybody messing with that. And it's just this whole, it, it's just a, almost a vicious cycle. So I've had to learn to adapt to taking a deep breath, sitting back, relaxing, and going, you know what? At the end of the day, it may not be what I wanted or what I was expecting or what I was fighting for, but it might be better. It might be better. And sometimes you just have to sit back, relax, and take a breath, take a moment, and allow that to happen. Allow that betterment to happen. See what the journey is going to be about because that's what the journey is. And I will tell you, since I have learned to stop, take a breath, um, allowed a lot of those things to be just let go, life is becoming very beautiful. I still don't know what's going to be tomorrow, but I do know life is going to be beautiful. But allowing myself, allowing myself to do this, and I'm sure you'll find it in your own life. When you allow change to happen, when you allow things to flow, when you allow things to be what they're going to be, like you set the pavement. Don't I'm I'm not like saying wake up Monday morning and just go, okay, well, I'm not going to work. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. You know, whatever happens, happens. Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Brian's going to have a job. But what I will tell you is throughout your day, when you allow changes to happen, when you sit back, you take a deep breath, and you allow things, you know, you're working hard at your foundation. You know what? You're you're working hard towards goals, but realize those goals might change a little bit. Realize those goals might change, okay? Um, And I will tell you what, it's, it's pretty cool when it does. It's pretty cool when it does because opportunities come then. Opportunities. When you allow change to happen and you allow yourself to step back, take a deep breath, relax, allow things to flow. All of a sudden, opportunities, yeah, they happen. It's amazing how it happens. You know, it's amazing how it happens because, you know, I'm just going to say it. You know, there's, there's, I might be doing some, you know, live galleries over, uh, not quite as far as the East Coast, but over towards that direction. And it's because I allowed a mentoring session turn into a possibility opportunity to go do some galleries. Now was I not what I was expecting, not what I was necessarily wanting, not what I was necessarily looking forward to. But I allowed the opportunity to stand forth because I was not going to be attached to what the outcome was. Okay, I wasn't going to be attached to what the outcome's going to be. All I could do was say, you know what, for today, I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to do the best I can. And whatever happens, happens. And I'm going to allow that change to happen. And what happened was more opportunities for my life, more opportunities for my career. Now, if you think about it in my life and my career, you know, whether I was in the nursing field or if I'm in the mediumship field, it doesn't really matter. Because change is something that happens, and it happens all the time. It's crazy how it happens, okay? It's crazy how it happens. You know, in the mediumship career, you know, I can wake up, and and I laugh because, you know, people say, well, why didn't you give me like a four-day notice for this and that? And I'm like, 
you know, and when I, when I, when I teach and everything else, you know, all of a sudden things will get changed up and they'll say, why didn't you give me like a four day notice? Because it doesn't always happen that way in the spirit world. It doesn't always happen that way. I can't tell you how many times I've woke up thinking, you know what, I got this, this, and this to do for the day, and that's that. But my calendar has got an open space in it. And all of a sudden, somebody plugs in to do a reading. It's like, oh, my God, I got to do a reading now. Didn't know I had to do it because it wasn't scheduled yet. And it's changed its opportunity. It's, it's going forward, and you have to adapt to that. When I was nursing, it was the same thing. You know, you could get in. And I used to laugh because I used to do, you know, off and on throughout my career, do geriatric nursing. And I always think to myself, oh, I get to go in here and just be relaxed because, you know, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to go to work, I'm, I'm going to do the med pass, I'm going to do some treatments, I'm going to do some charting, I'm going to do a med pass, then I'm going to do some charting, I'm going to leave for the day, and everything's going to be the same old, same old every day. But I will guarantee you every week, somebody crashed, somebody died, something happened, somebody got sick, always major change, always having to adapt. Um, you know, or having to go rescue somebody else because their day got messed up and they need work, you know, help with their job, you know? So again, change, change and opportunities always happens. Not, so how do you get to deal with that? Now, we've talked a little bit about dealing with change. You know, um, if you're a, a hardcore micromanager, like I used to be, and sometimes I get the tendency to still do it. But if you're a hardcore micromanager, you know what? You uh, sit back and you relax, you know, and that's the best way I can tell you to do it is to sit back and relax. Sometimes look back over your life experiences to see what happens. Now, I know for myself, um, how do I explain this? For myself, I learned probably the best way to not be the micromanager, the best way of not being that person that was trying to control it a lot is back when I was on the road a lot doing events. And I used to sit there and go, boy, I traveled, you know, eight hours to this event. I paid $120 for this hotel. I paid $100 for the entrance fee. You know, I'm all in it for, you know, an easy $300 at this point. And I haven't even drove home or ate. Why am I here if nobody's showing up? Why, what, what is supposed to be happening here? As long as I kept that attitude, nothing did happen. But the minute I went, you know what? Yeah, I did all that. But I, I did that for an experience. I did that for an experience. And whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And I allow that change to happen. I let that change within myself happen. And when I did that, it freed up a lot of my energy. And then all of a sudden, I would get swarmed with people around me. Swarmed. Because I changed myself and my way of looking at it. I changed my own energy to say, you know what? Excuse me, my eyeballs are itching. Um, I changed the attitude within me. And that a lot of times is exactly what change is about, isn't it? It's changing your own attitude. Realizing that things do happen for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. You know? Um, it's kind of like when I was talking about Edinburgh last week, you know, going to Edinburgh Manor. I, I had arranged... You know, I brought a group of people together, mediums, non-mediums, uh, professional investigators, um, everything, you know, different group of people, you know, only six of us, but I was bringing this all together. And unfortunately, the the um, 
professional investigator wasn't able to show up. And at first I started, my heart started popping like, oh my God, oh my God, what's going to go on? What's going to go on? And I went, you know what? Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Everything happens for a reason. And I had to get that thought process. And when I let it go and got, we got to the, when we got to the manor, we realized the investigators that I had with, every time they turned on their equipment, spirit would disappear because spirit didn't want to talk to the equipment. They were on show all the time already. They didn't want to talk to the equipment, but they did want to talk to the mediums. They did want to talk to the dowsing rods. They did want to talk through the pendulum. They did want to talk through our senses. They wanted to talk. They wanted to be heard, but they wanted to do it in a way that wasn't through a, a voice box. That was a lot of static. They didn't want the headache of all that. And I can't blame them. I can't blame them. You know, because every night it's, here's another group. Oh, my God, here's another one. You know, never getting that break. So for myself, when I looked at that and, you know, the head investigator wasn't able to come. Wow. I think that made a huge difference between what would have been the night if we had somebody with all that equipment there. It would have been a huge difference, wouldn't it? It been a huge difference. You know? It was a difference between spirit just saying, we're going to sleep. We're not going to come out and talk. We're not going to be active versus, oh, my gosh, they were all over the place and making noises and rackets and having a great time. You know, big difference. But again, adapt to that change and allowing it to allowing it to flow, letting it open up. You know, another time that, you know, that really showed me that I had to deal with change. And again, it was back towards the beginning of my um, events, running around to events. And I'll never forget it because I, I didn't spend a lot of money for this event, but, you know, because I, I stayed at home, blah, blah, and drove to it. Um, but I got there and throughout the day, nobody showed up. Like nobody showed up. We couldn't figure out what's going on. The lady forgot to advertise. <laughs> so nobody showed up and we had a gymnasium full of people. And I remembered going, oh, it's just going to be like, should I pack up and leave like everybody else? And I literally heard spirit say, like, you're here for a reason. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm here for a reason, whatever it might be. You know, and we did readings for each other and and we we shopped each other's, you know, booze and things of that nature. We made a day for it within ourselves. But I'll never forget this lady that was sitting next to me. Her name was Kim. And uh, Kim was actually, you know, I, she was selling uh, lip stuff, and I can't remember what it was, but lip scents or lip something, something for like lip gloss, lip stuff that stays there all day. And I thought, wow, wow, is she here? And I talked to her, and I ended up doing a reading for her, and the reading was amazing. Um, it, it actually took all day long because um, she she was busier than probably anybody. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I left, and I was I was thankful that I didn't get frustrated. I didn't get frustrated because I was angry about the day or anything like that or that change of not making money and all of that stuff. And I just went with the idea that everything happens for a reason. Okay? And what happened at the end of the day was she looked at me, and she goes, you have a story to tell, don't you? I went, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, how do you know? I don't talk about this. And it turned out she was doing a movie, a documentary for PTSD. And she looked at me. She goes, I want you to be in it. Okay. Okay. I didn't know. So there you go. So that's what I did. I, I jumped in and I did, you know, this documentary. I Just a small interview. Nothing major. I'm just a tidbit in, um, in the documentary. Nothing major. But I will tell you what is huge about this documentary 
is um, trying to get. Uh, I know she's she's just amazing. She's she's created so much. She's created a company, but the I was part of this documentary, and it was called Light in the Darkness. It's about PTSD. Now this movie, this documentary, literally was in every film festival around the world. Around the world. It won. I'm looking at it right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen different awards. Thirteen different awards. Think about how many people that get helped by that movie, by this documentary. Think of how many people have watched it, looked at it, understood it, felt it, got from it. And I got to be part of that because I sat back and instead of being like I would have normally been like and other people, other people got up and left. They're like, I'm not messing with this for the day. And they got up and left. They, they had lawns to mow or something. I don't know. But I went, you know what? I'm going to give up my old MO. I'm getting up and walking out the door with them. And I'm going to sit here. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to deal with this new change and see what happens. And I ended up in a documentary that's been all over the world. It's pretty huge, isn't it? If you think about it, it's really, really huge. Okay? So a change, what I'm trying to say is change sometimes, and I will say not just sometimes, a lot of times. A lot of times is something that uh, is actually for the better. It's not for the worst. I know we don't always see it that way. I know a lot of times we're like, oh, my God, hard for time. We don't want to deal with change. But, you know, if you take a breath and you relax, you let it go, and you go, you know what? <sighs> I'm just going to let things happen and see what comes of it. It'll blow you away how many amazing things can happen because you allow change to happen. And I will tell you what, the easier you get through it, the easier you allow change to happen, the more opportunities you're going to get from it, the more that it's going to come into your life. And you're going to go, wow, you're going to look back over your life, you know, in a year or two years or five years and go, wow, look how my life has changed. Look how much better it is. Look how much more I do because you allowed that to come in. Because you allowed it to come in. Isn't that incredible? I know because I look over my life. I look over my life. I spent, you know, five years as an aide. I spent 15 or 20, 21 years as a nurse. Wow, that's a lot, isn't it? I did a lot of, you know, I uh, throughout it, Reiki, I did energy work. I did, I did some readings. Um, and eventually, because I allowed just the universe to happen, Life was pretty amazing. And now I get to do a radio show. Now I get to travel and do events. Now I get to have students. Now I get to do demonstrations. Now I get, I get, I get, I get to do everything because I allowed change to just happen. Okay? I want you to take a moment this week, throughout your week, and realize that change happens. To enjoy the change, to embrace the change. Take a deep breath and let change it just go. Okay. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll have Richter with us. This is Jet Renee here on WLTK DB. Let's talk digital radio. 
scour the internet searching for true paranormal captures, information, and education. New methods mixed with old methods of capturing this mysterious phenomenon. Well, look no further for your ghostly voices than ghostly-voices.com. Nicole Tito and Lisa Crick take you on a journey into their paranormal world and provide you with true EVP and ITC audio captures, compelling information on debunking, some hilarious bloopers, and more. Remember, these two are veterans in the field and know how to capture the true evidence you are looking for. Ghostly-Voices.com Your paranormal stop for true audio evidence. Ghostly-Voices.com Mystery, a book of one man's journey, a book of the afterlife, a book you must read. Ghost in Me by five-time award-winning author Kevin Killen is a book of one man's journey in the search of the afterlife. Read of his chilling childhood experience, his investigative journeys, and his opinions of paranormal activity. Ghost in Me by Kevin Killen, an Ozark Mountain publication. Get your copy today online or wherever books are sold. Hey, welcome back to School Through Spirit. I'm again your host, Yet Renee, here in WLTK digital radio i have today as my guest victor peruda and i am just waiting for him to come in awesome hi victor hey diet how are you wonderful i am so happy you are here today with me <laughs> it's so nice to be with you yes excellent um like i was kind of I, I actually just seen you and just kind of got tongue-tied um <laughs> <laughs> I wanted just to take a minute, like I was trying to explain to you before, and, and so many of my viewers know, my show is really to help a lot of people to understand um, who they are, where they're at, because so many people are mediums or healers, and you know, I don't know if you remember back in the beginning when you felt a little lost, like you're all by yourself and nobody understands you. <laughs> you I know? remember that very well. Yeah. yeah. You know? So if you could take a moment and just um, tell people, you know, who you are and some of that beginning, that beginning of yours, because I'm finding people, we heal, we, we understand, we, we kind of feel we're normal then, you know? Yeah, what's normal? Uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> my, my goodness, I don't really even know where to start, but um, uh, I think... <laughs> I think there are a lot of misconceptions about who people are, you know, what we are. And uh, the process of being born into this world is really a process of taking something very vast and huge and trying to fit it into this little box or this little life that is in a world that has a lot of rules uh, and a lot of uh, that was created by humanity to a great extent over centuries of time. 
that is set up in a way that's essentially not fair. Some people are fortunate, I guess, to be born into that world and have a sense of, oh, you know, I belong. I'm just like everybody else. I fit right into the, the social structures and everybody likes me. <laughs> and then other people are oddballs in some odd way. You know, they might be psychic or overly sensitive or just uh, have kind of almost like a perceptive range that's uh, not quite fully, you know, just... Uh, what you see and what you hear is the the whole the whole reality. You know, uh, there's uh, uh, there's levels of sensitivity. I, I, I remember uh, when I was a kid, I used to dream a lot, and my dreams were extremely vivid. And um, when I was a teenager, I started having dreams which uh, were precognitive dreams. They would be little snippets of my life. And I'd have this dream, and uh, a week or two later, the dream would manifest in my life. And uh, when that would happen, it would be like a little, just just a little film clip of of uh, what I was experiencing in real life. It was as if I was watching a video of my dream, right. or vice versa. While I was dreaming, I was somehow reaching forward into time. And capturing a, a, a little film clip of my actual reality. And that just uh, started happening when I was about 14 or 15 years old. And it got me thinking, I mean, how in the world could I have dreamt something so vividly? And I would even tell people and write the dreams down so I had evidence or witnesses of this. And then the, the dreams would actually manifest in the real world, it, it really just got me thinking, how in the world could that be happening? So it taught me that there, there was some more to life. There, it kind of was an introduction to there's something else out here. There's another way of perceiving things. There's more to me than my name, my physical identity, uh, and my biography, my physical biography. And, uh, you know, as far as fitting in, you know, I wasn't one of these kids that fit in. I always wanted to be an artist or a writer. You know, I was a very creative kid. And uh, uh, and uh, it wasn't really uh, until I found metaphysics that I found something that really rang true to me. I mean, uh, church never quite rang true to me. I would sit there and, and think, you know, I'm trying to get something out of this, but I'm not. It's leaving me completely empty. I get you there. <laughs> <laughs> and then in school, it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, I did well in school. I love learning. I was always a good student. I, I always have a curiosity and thirst for knowledge, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, do we really learn in school things that are really important to us as people? I mean, and, and that really teach us how to how to live a life that's uh, meaningful or, you know, has a deeper level of meaning. So you're 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 as a kid, I was kind of searching for something that made me feel like 
the world or my life made sense to me. And, you know, ever since I was a little kid, I would be the kid uh, going to the store with mom. And I would do, I don't know if you remember these, Dia, but they used to sell these tiny little books for like a quarter about astrology. (laughs) Numerology, astrology and all that stuff. And I would, I would, I was gravitating to these little booklets in the checkout line at the grocery store. And, uh, you know, throw them on the, on the, on the, on the line and uh, mom would buy them for me. And I would just, I was just fascinated by palmistry and handwriting analysis and all these things. And, um, and I studied those books. Uh, And uh, then when I was in college, um, somebody sent me, gave me a deck of cards. Uh, They weren't, uh, they weren't tarot cards. They were another divina- divination system called Schuster cards. And I don't know whether you've ever heard of them. They're, I have not, but now I'm going to go looking. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't. They're probably hard to find. I don't think they really caught on the way tarot cards did. But I started uh, using those cards and just experimenting with them and started doing readings for people. And the readings, they'd come back and say everything you said came true. Wow. Reading and, and you start uh, tapping into it. And I think that my evolution as a psychic or a psychic medium basically uh, is, uh, is a process of having peak spiritual experiences that opened doors of perception within me that were always there, but were never quite stimulated or opened. Uh, you know, I had a contact with a, a friend after he died. He spoke through me. And that opened kind of a door. And um, I, I, I took psychic development classes and uh, Reiki, as you were just talking about. But during one of my psychic development classes, uh, we, it was a class on chakras. And I started looking at, at uh, people's energy fields and uh, I started seeing psychic information. So, uh, you know, I started seeing things and uh, it, to me, it would be like those uh, books um, with the, uh, the the seeing eye books, I think they were called, where you'd yes. have these random patterns. Yes. yes. And the more you stare at them, you'd, the see, you'd see the dinosaur or the palm tree or, you know, yeah. the letters or whatever. And uh, it's kind of like that is how my clairvoyance kind of kicked in. Okay. That completely makes sense. So, see, they weren't just to see what your ikblot was. <laughs> Exactly. You know, so uh, I think uh, I think we all have psychic abilities. I think uh, we don't have all the facts. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of spin. I think there are a lot of uh, groups with agendas. But, you know, I think there are also a lot of agendas for keeping people unawakened or dumbed it down or. You know, and you see that I had kind of a crisis after graduating from college and I kind of realized, you know, my goodness, my education kind of prepared me to be an office worker. And, and I started thinking, how in the world, uh, uh, you know, all these years of college and, and here I am working in some office doing business analysis, which is not anything I'd ever wanted to do and uh, didn't want to do at the time. But, you know, the, the way the, the culture, the society is, uh, is built, and you don't know this as a kid, but uh, uh, it's really all about money. You know, uh, people give money to these uh, 
institutions, buy off politicians, fund organizations, educational systems. And this is what we've ended up with. And I think the educational system that uh, most kids uh, experience in public school is inadequate. It doesn't teach character. It doesn't really teach you how to treat people. A lot of people don't get that at home. Right. Um, but anyway, it was when I started opening up to metaphysics and the concepts that I learned while studying all my little divination systems like astrology and numerology, right. when uh, things started making sense. And I, when I was uh, in that first office job or, you know, even before that, I would, I would kind of do little reads for people, but readings for people, but I, I, I don't think I really knew or thought of that as readings. It would just be just things that I would put together, but they'd be overall pretty accurate. Um, and I think uh, being um, psychic and, and intuitive, I think a big part of that actually is to be observant. I think if you're really observant, and most people are not, they just kind of, they go through. Yeah, we're not taught to use our senses. Exactly. We're not taught it. Right. You know, you know, if you're situationally aware, if you're just observing uh, what's really going on and noticing that and kind of dialing that up a bit, uh, people who are just simply observant and they watch, they observe. Yeah. They step back and watch. Yeah. They'll see things that you they normally would not see. Uh, you know, you can watch energy, you know, when. When two people are talking and you can't hear them, but you can see them on the far end of the room, you yeah. can watch the auras light up and you could kind of watch how the energy shifts and moves. And um, so a lot of a lot of the intuitive and psychic ability come that way. You know, there are a lot, a lot of readers that uh, I think are out there doing readings and they probably should not be doing readings because they really have no talent. And you know, I and, teach, right? Just because that's why I got into teaching is because I did a lot of events and I'd go, <laughs> you know, and I went, I, oh, need, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I'm like, I need, I need to learn how to teach. I need to learn how to help those, you know, along, help those to be Ethical, I, I, integrity, I, I don't know oh. what to use. I don't know what to word to put on that, you know, without just saying not well, being fake. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about being fake, even though, of course, what you're saying is absolutely true. And, and some of the things that ethics in this field, as it is in all fields, mm -hmm. is absolutely critical. Yes. And, uh, you know, I... When I started as a reader, you know, I, I, I really had that ethical thing down because when I heard other psychics tell me about, uh, talk about their clients, talk about the readings they did, mm -hmm. you know, it, it just made me cringe. I mean, uh, you know, it's a field in which we're, people are coming to us mm -hmm. because they really need help and they're sharing secrets about their lives. And so confidentiality is critical and you know from the very beginning of uh when i started doing readings for people i i knew that that was critically important and uh so confidentiality is something that in our field 
It's, it's essential. It's absolutely essential. I think it's more so than any because, like, I know, like, within when I teach, there's um, a few readings I'll talk about it. But I've always asked the, the person I've read for, and I said, "I'm not going to use your name. Do you mind if I use this scenario for tea?" And they're like, "Yeah." They don't of want course, to, they don't yeah. No, you don't put the name with it ever. You know, it's HIPAA. You don't want people to know your medical information. Why would you let them know your life? You know. Exactly. So, so there are certain things like that. And then also, you know, you learn things along the way, just as you do readings that, uh, for one thing, um, it's really easy for some psychics to hear what other psychics have predicted or said, and then just kind of go with that instead of actually taking a look at the situation themselves. And that's another thing that I think is really unethical. You're really doing a disservice to your client. Um, you know, it's when I read and somebody asks me a question, I uh, look and see, you know, I, I look at the situation and tell them what I see. I never make things up. Uh, and, you know, I, I, you've probably heard this when you've heard some readings, there's, there's a type of, BS kind of dialogue that some psychics use where you just kind of, you know, it sounds kind of fluffy and it sounds kind of like maybe, pardon me? I use the word fluff. Yes, I just use that same word. And and, uh, it sounds like they're saying something, but after you get up and you think about what they said, nothing sticks. I mean, you know, when you're getting a reading, and the reader is connecting to your energy and reading you, you know it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're not sitting there wondering, uh, well, maybe, maybe. You know, it's like sometimes you're saying things that they're not going to be able to validate until a a couple years later, especially if you're talking about prediction, and they might think you're full of it until that moment comes, but then they'll remember and uh, they'll get back to me sometimes or, you know, well, hear later on that the things that I told them did indeed come true. And I, I think there's a lot of humility that's really needed in the psychic field. I, I, I don't think that being a psychic, I don't think it's about necessarily you. I mean, it's not about, you know, me. It's not about Victor, you know, I, Right. It's about the client. So I think I put myself kind of in the back seat. I become the observer yep. and the reader of the energy. And I'm there for that person completely. And, I, you know, it's it's not about my ego. I think you have to be very humble in this line of work because I think these gifts and abilities are, are, uh, are gifts or um, – and they could they could go. I mean, I you know, I'd imagine there might be times uh, in which some people lose their abilities. Uh, I, I've heard of that. I, I know of, of some some people that have, but uh, you don't make things up. You no. take a look. You read the person. You give them the best guidance you've got. And yeah. there's also another aspect. You got to learn how to you know talk to people. You you need to learn how to have compassion and love and. And gentleness, once in a while, spirit comes through very firmly, like spirit just wants to shake them and say, what the hell are you doing? Right. You know, but, but you've got to get, love that person. And there's, it's a, a no judgment zone. You've got to 
see, right. hear their story, even if parts of their story are really hard to hear. And, and uh, a lot of people have done things where uh, they regret what they've done, you know, where they've destroyed their relationships with their kids, for example, or, you know, and sometimes you're almost acting in that role of uh, it's like a confessional or something. Right. Yeah. You know, so I, I allow myself to, you know, play all those various roles for my clients, but you know, they don't have anyone else to talk to. I mean, there are people out there that really are afraid that if they bring up topics about life after death or a paranormal or mystical experience that they had, that people would think that they were crazy and maybe laugh at them. And, uh, you know, I think uh, into the intuitive psychic field in, in, in America, there, there certainly seems to be a lot of, um, uh, doubt about it or almost kind of like this, this social thing where it's you're not supposed to consider it legitimate. You're supposed to kind of make fun of it and, and uh, put all psychics in the charlatan category. But, you know, in our lives, the way some of the experiences we have with our clients, uh, these are experiences that are very spiritual. They can be very uh, priceless uh, as far as a uh, a peak powerful experience that changes in their lives or, or heals their hearts and souls and, and, or gives them the guidance they need, the reassurance and to, to, to keep going or to uh, go for it. You know, even when they don't believe in themselves, it's like sometimes if you see and believe in them because you just see that they've got what it takes and you give them that encouragement. I've had a lot of people say, you know, I would never have applied for that job if you hadn't told me to. And then they come back and say, Hey, I got that job and I love it. And it's, uh, I, I didn't think I was qualified, but you told me to go to that interview. Even if you thought you weren't qualified and you know, they got the job. Oh, yeah. I know, like, within my own personal thing, you know, taking back a little bit what you're talking about, I, you know, I always tell people when they, like, first come to me, whether it's another psychic told them or they want to tell me their own story, because we all know in a reading a lot, they want to almost tell us before we can tell them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, don't make my job difficult. If you tell me anything, my job just became very difficult because now I've really got to fight my ego and I don't want to have to fight my ego, you know, so let's, you know, I, and I do. And, and right before I started reading, I, I say a little simple prayer and it's basically, you know, allow me to hear or feel in a clear, concise way of which my client can understand because I don't need to understand it. You know, I don't need to understand a darn thing. <laughs> you know what I mean, because it's not for me. Yeah. I think that's really interesting what you just said, because, uh, Psychic information or spirit can speak to us and bypass our rational, logical minds. I mean, sometimes it's not about us figuring things out. It's just about us being the telephone for spirit to speak to that person. And and we may not have the fact. Uh, uh, So uh, it's it's kind of a little bit of a dance, you know, when you're kind of doing a reading. Um, Sometimes readings can be very powerful. And, you know, sometimes it's more of a subtle type of experience and sometimes it's a little bit more like counseling and sometimes it's this amazing um connection with a a loved one on the other side uh 
so to me, uh, all this stuff is real. All this stuff works. Uh, you know, I've had astrological forecasts done for me where on the very day that this astrological aspect hits and I, and I look back on, you know, the, the astrological reading and compare it to what happened that day. It's uncanny how, how it works. It all works. We're really plugged in. You know, so how does it work? You know, divination, you know, doing a tarot card reading or whatever system you use, that's a great way to develop your psychic abilities. Uh, people tend to not realize how profound these divination systems really are. I mean, the tarot cards are a soul's journey through life. They are huge. They're very archetypal. Yeah. Uh, Very, 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 I mean, if you followed the lessons, it would help you understand what life is all about. It's the hero's journey. Right. It's coming into your own. It's becoming a man. It's becoming a woman. It's uh, moving into your power. It's becoming yourself. Right. And then astrology, when you when you study it in depth, it provides a system for understanding ourselves, not only on an individual level, but the way we relate to other people and also on a planetary social level and even beyond that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really just as deep and profound as studying psychology, uh, you know, in college. It's mm-hmm. it's really a very profound thing but it's a little bit more profound than than i think psychology and by the way psychology in my opinion is something that readers really need to know something about i i couldn't agree more (laughs) i couldn't agree more i really um only only because when you go back to when you're talking about how to just i don't want to say perform a reading but to deliver a reading to give a reading there's you know, I know how many times, and I'm sure it's been many, where you've had, say, a spirit that came through and they just were not who the person wants to talk to, but they're not going away because they are really the per. This is really the spirit that brought this person to you because they want healing to happen. So you have to learn uh, using psychology, learning all that to kind of bring that through in a beautiful way so that healing can happen on both sides. And if you don't know psychology... You know, if you don't know how to, how am I going to deliver this to the person in front of me and know their energy and know how to deliver that, where are you going to sit with that? Other than maybe a victim that's still being a victim and and, and hateful, you know? Yeah, and then they may not be ready for uh, that healing or yeah. that message. You know, I've had a, a t- a times, and I'm sure you have too, where mm-hmm. the clients come to you and they've wanted to communicate with their parent. And then when the parent comes in, the client is triggered because there's so many wounds that have been unresolved and there's a lot of resentments and you know uh but the fact that the parent came through from spirit that's love right there they didn't have to show up they showed up for that person but then that person would get so angry and upset Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've had this experience where it almost seems like uh, the television screen goes fuzzy. I have. And then the connection with spirit breaks off. Yes. Because they're so upset that it's kind of like the signal got lost. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I use this one reading, and I, I asked her, and I did it years ago. And I'll never forget it because, you know what, the, re- the reader that she had, 
wasn't able to connect, came and got me and said, will you please, it was at an event, will you please come in? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. I came, sat down, da 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 it was a you know, person she did not want to talk. It was a family member she did not want to talk to. She had nothing but anger issues towards this person. The spirit knew because this person was there like, we're going to go battle to battle just like we did here. You know, mm. and I had an appointment and I and then I, I finally looked at him. I said, we're not getting anywhere. And I looked at him and said, so what would you like me to do? What would you like me to say? And he literally tells me to do something. I'm like, okay. I looked at her and said, do you mind if I touch you? And she said, okay. And I literally just bent over, gave her a kiss right here and went, I love you. And I walked away because that's what the spirit told me to do. Instantly bald. Instantly <laughs> just everything melted right now. Because no matter what there was going on in life, that's what she never got from that spirit. And that's all that she was ever seeking from that guy. You know, she didn't care about money. She really didn't. I mean, that was just the the farce or the, the shield, you know. So it was that moment of love that she was just like, that would have been him. That's all she wanted. And that's what he gave her. So That's, that's, that's priceless right there. Yeah, it really I, is. I, I mean, that, that, that client was changed yeah. from that experience. And it's, you know. And changed, changed it, changed in a way. In that in that minute where she had that experience, years of therapy could not have provided her with that that moment, that catharsis, that that healing, that that release. Yeah. Uh, so what we do, and I've really worked to. I've been I've been a psychic uh, professional psychic for thirty years, right. and I've always worked to legitimize the profession. Mm-hmm. to demystify it and kind of explain it in a way where people can understand it from not a, where you take kind of the, the fear out of it. You know, here's what I tell every client. I say, you know, yeah, we're, we're going to do a reading today, but that doesn't mean I've got like special powers. Really, you know, like you and I right now, uh, Dia, we're, we're, we're talking, we're looking at each other, but our auras are, uh, intermingling. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of information being in, exchanged right now that we're not even aware of. Exactly on a conscious level. But you know, when I close my eyes and and look and see what's there, I'll, I'll, I'll the information will be there. Exactly because we're connected. And and I, I'm not sure where you are geographically. I'm in Florida, but you know, where I'm sure we're. We're just warm. <laughs> so, so we're on the other side of the, yeah. you're way north and I'm way south. Nope. You know, spirit, it doesn't matter uh, the distance uh, that there is between us. The energy, the read can take place just as accurately as if you were sitting right here across the table from me. Um, and, uh, you know, I do a lot of readings for uh, people around the world. I, I've uh, been fortunate enough to develop an international clientele Mm -hmm. lately uh, due to having a couple of episodes on Amazon Prime on the Gaia uh, channel on Beyond Belief uh, with George Norrie. And uh, I'm on season two, episodes 11 and 13. So a lot of people just... 
<laughs> yeah, I love I love the number thirteen. I'm always happy. <laughs> we were just but, doing my floor, and they're like, "We got to add an extra board in the floor because it, we're ending at 13. I said, "Don't change that." <laughs> I want thirteen. <laughs> I love all those scary numbers. Yeah. Uh, but um, so when you communicate with people around the world, uh, you know, you realize we're all the same. You know, we all have the same issues. The differences are we, we're living in different societies that are structured uh, differently. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, the governments are structured a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, uh, but we're essentially all the same. You know, I'll never understand, you know, uh, xenophobia or, you know, where people just uh, mm-hmm. fear people because of the color of their skin or the country that they're from. <laughs> or the culture that they were raised in, uh, or that they're in a different religion. I mean, come on, people. I mean, this is just the way it's evolved. Uh, you know, there's, it doesn't mean you're you're better than they are. Not at all. And I, you know, and I don't know if it's, I was actually thinking about that yesterday, because I don't know if it's just because it's awareness, because you have Facebook or whatever, that's making things more aware. But think about all the people, women especially, that have alopecia going on. You know, hair is being lost or you have people uh you know of different colors they're losing their pigment you know and they're half and half or whatever i think it's not just awareness but i also i look at it going wow this is really a wake-up call to realize that we really are all the same the rest of it's just a mask it really is you know yeah i couldn't you're you're right on you know this is this is a mask yeah it doesn't mean that in the day everybody's gonna be white it just means this is a mask that's because i'll tell you what i'll I love a good tan. You know what I mean? So it's just a mask. That's all this is. Yeah, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Uh, and, and, uh, and yet we can't help but do do that because uh, that's kind of deep in here too, you know. Uh, uh, and who knows why it's there. I mean, essentially our lives are somewhat of a mystery. I mean, we don't really understand everything about um, who we are and why we are the way that we are. Uh, But, uh, you know, I can tell you that uh, this world that we're in here, uh, it's almost kind of like looking at things through like a tube. You know, you're just seeing just a little bit of what is really all around us and who we really are. And uh, I think uh, intuition is such a powerful thing because it gives us a, a means of uh, navigating through life when we don't have all the facts. And, uh, you know, our minds are very easily tricked mm-hmm. and uh, manipulated. And uh, we can rationalize things very easily. Right. Uh, we can even rationalize evil acts or evil behaviors. We, we you know, our minds have a way of doing that. And then the, you know, we can be in denial of things. You know, we just right. pretend that never happened or we pretend that we didn't do that or we're not that way. Right. Uh, and, and so, you know, that's those are all sur- survival mechanisms. But, uh, you know, I think we have to be open minded. I think open mindedness is is really important. And, uh, you know, I remember uh, I used to have a bookstore for 10 years. It was a new age bookstore in Covington, Kentucky, when I first kind of started out and um 
I had crystals in the store, and I had a father-son walk in. And uh, the kid, uh, he was probably a young teenager, like maybe 12 or 13. And he asked me about the crystals, and I said, oh, yeah, they can transmit energy. And I said, would you like to, you know, see what that's like? And I picked up a crystal, and I, you know, put it, uh, directed it over his palm and just kind of waved the, the crystal point over his palm. And and I said, do you feel that? And I know he felt it because of the expression on his face. You could see that he was experiencing energy. He was feeling energy. And then his father said, oh, that's a bunch of BS. And then the kid said, oh, that's a bunch of BS. And the father just closed that kid down right there. You know, and that's funny because I was when you were talking earlier, I thought about this. But then again, just now, my granddaughter, and I always tell if we got to change the future, we got to change our grandchildren up. You know, my yeah. granddaughter's four years old and she's beautiful abilities. I mean, you know, all every, every child's born with them, but really she just, she just knows things and talks to grandparents that have been gone long before she ever thought about it. And yesterday she looks at her dad, she goes, you were in my tummy. He's like, no, I wasn't. I said, excuse me, let's listen to her. And he's like, okay. <laughs> And she goes, I remember when you were in my tummy, Daddy. And he goes, oh, really? And I said, honey, what were you wearing when you were when Daddy was in your tummy? And she goes, I was wearing like a princess dress. It was big and this and that. And I looked at him. I said, what era do you think you were her, her son? And he looked at me. And I said, she's describing back in probably the 17, you know, 17, 1800s. Yeah. And I said, if you listen to the children, they're so close to that veil and remembering their last lifetimes, they're going to tell you things. And if you don't close that off, the beauty they have throughout their lives is just, it starts to break down cultures. It starts to break down barriers we have for people because here she's four years old remembering when her dad was her child, you know, yeah. with him. And to me, there's nothing more beautiful than that. Except uh, yes. that going. If we keep that going, it's so sad to shut down the magic, mm-hmm. the wonder of life that a child has. Yeah. I, it would be wonderful that if adults maintained that same wonder and magic. And, you know, what you just described, there was a, basically a story of karma. You know, if if uh, if you're somebody's parent in this life, very likely they were your parent in a previous life or will be in a future life. And, and your karma is really one of my foundational beliefs. And it's much more profound than just uh, the way unenlightened people think about karma. It it isn't like bad karma. Right. Or uh, just good karma. It's karma is everything. It's very subtle. It's very powerful. It's a universal law uh, that we all live by, whether we know it or not. And so it's really important for us to be aware that what we put out uh, comes back to us in the manner that we put it out. And so it's it's a motivation to treat people well and, and do good things and just basically be good. You know, in the end, you are rewarded. It might not be until the next lifetime, but, uh, you know, uh, I really believe in karma. And I've seen that work in my life so often it's Mm -hmm. just amazing i had a friend who um had a a son and when her son was oh he was i think it was three years old he went and sat at his grandfather's bedside 
and said to the grandfather, do you remember when we were in the war? Mm-hmm. You know, and he, mm-hmm. they were soldiers together in an earlier part of the grandfather's life. Yeah. And that person was killed and reborn as his grandson. And the boy remembered that. And it's so magical and and wonderful. And once I was doing a a past life reading for uh, a couple of guys, uh, their their partners in life, uh, long-term partners. And I I saw them as soldiers in um, Pearl Harbor and they were killed during the attack on Pearl Harbor. And uh, the next day I was driving along and I looked at the license plate of the car in front of me and it said Pearl Harbor survivor. (laughs) And I looked at the gentleman driving the car and he was an old, old man. Right. And then I thought, you know, isn't reincarnation wonderful? Because the the guys I just read for were young. They were beautiful. They were healthy. And uh, here, this man, um, they had reincarnated, obviously, from Pearl Harbor. And and this man was still alive and still kind of carrying all the memories and all those experiences of of obviously what would have been the, the most significant uh, event in his life, Pearl Harbor, and uh, and so that that reincarnation, the, the the we can wipe our slate clean so that we can start fresh and regain that magic, that wonder of childhood once again, and hopefully maintain that. and And I so agree with you that we should never shut that down in a child. You know, if somebody wants, if a kid is telling you about a a, a past life or or telling you something about they don't like uncle so-and-so and you know you shouldn't shut them down or say that's not nice you should listen to them you should validate them for a lot of reasons because it helps them stay connected to their spiritual guidance to their own inner compass but also it it facilitates a relationship of trust in which that child will continue to speak to you Right. Throughout his life, because you don't shut him down. You listen to him. Exactly. And, and, and that creates a wonderful relationship. It, it really does. And it, it, it just tells your child that you trust them, you know, because I like in my world and, and I, you know, I don't know if, if, if what your point of belief is, but like with my world, I always believe that, you know, mediumship really runs in blood, bloodlines. And I don't necessarily think it's because it's a blood thing. I think it's because we've done it in past lives. You know, we're following, you know, the family, you know, the family kind of stays together as vast, as big as a spiritual family can be. So it's like if I was a medium before, I'm a medium now. I'm just a better medium now than I was before. And, you know, kind of go in that direction. I don't know if that makes sense. But in my family, nobody understood what a medium was. So when I came out with all this stuff as a child, it they, they shut me down. They did all that because they didn't understand. But the, the missing link was is because my father was a medium and he gave me up and signed off. So literally, I wasn't raised with my father. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. my mother went, oh, my God, what is this, this and that, the whole 10 yards until many years later, we were able to put some, some pieces together. So now when we look at the grandkids and we're like, they're coming out with this stuff, it's like, we will listen. You know, we're waiting for the day she goes to, you know, she's already started pre-K for her to tell the teacher all this stuff, to tell the teacher you can't shut her down. 
if she's talking to you know her imaginary friend you can't tell me it's not imaginary we don't believe in imaginary friends we believe in the spirit and that that's probably what she's talking to exactly going into school as a family because i didn't have that growing up i didn't have that support because they didn't understand and they my family watched me struggle with that and coming into my own you know so they're like you know we're not going to do that to another child we're not gonna we will fight the school system to understand that you know what this is her great great grandma that she's talking to and trust me she knows where jewelry box is (laughs) you know what i mean because we didn't show it to her but she understands her past life she understands what she's seen she understands her abilities you know and we weren't we're not going to shut her down but it's it's gaining trust in that child and that child is gaining trust within themselves which is something they normally don't get you know i think you know what's so interesting diet about what you just said um my parents are, they're deceased now, but uh, they never understood what I was into here. You know, they, they, my father actually told me once, he said, you know, the work you do, I, I don't believe in it. <laughs> he just came right out and said it. It's like, well, that's okay. But, you know, he's been dead about 20 years. And um, it was about three years after he died, uh, I, the, the night before his birth date, uh, he shows up in my kitchen <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and it, he's looking at me through the eyes of love. I mean, I can just feel the love. And, and since then he has appeared uh, or made his presence known in mediumship readings that I've received over the years. And then, uh, you know, I, I run the, uh, ran the victory of light expo here. I mean, in Cincinnati for uh, 28, 29 years I finally yeah. got the last person on the waiting list, yeah. <laughs> and you sold it. I'm like, it is so close. But now I, I know. I only do a few events now, so it's okay. <laughs> so, so Dad uh, came through spontaneously, like uh, during a reading for my sisters that would, you know, uh, come and help me out with the fair and and get readings and things. And uh, they, my sisters, had such profound experiences connecting with our father during a medium session at the victory of light expo and the mediumship session was so delightful and so fun and so funny and uh he came through like in in living color with his personality exactly how it was in ways that were unmistakable to us because we grew up with him and the medium never met my father uh our father and and um, during one of the sessions, my sister asked my father, it's kind of like, uh, well, uh, you know, you didn't believe in, in this stuff when you were alive. And, and uh, uh, you know, but you're uh, coming through now during a mediumship session. And he says, well, I really didn't know you could do this. I didn't know this was a possibility while I was alive. Yep. But now that he's deceased and it's happening, uh, you know, he's enjoying every second of it. In our relationship, my relationship with my father has uh, become really very, very close, uh, you know, since he started showing up uh, mm-hmm. from spirit uh, so, so often. It's, it's just been wonderful. Isn't that magical? It is magical. Yes. Because my sister, when she was here, God bless her heart, was probably the most religious women you'd ever meet 
outside of the, probably more so than a nunhood would be. Um, because you could tell her passage and she could tell you the page number. I mean, she knew mm -hmm. the book. And uh, mediumship is not something she believed in unless she was talking to me and then it was okay because then I was just a prophet in her mind. You know, <laughs> there we go. Hey, I've run into that before. You gotta be a prophet. <laughs> I'm the prophet. Okay. <laughs> but I'll never for and I will never forget it was literally almost a little over three weeks to the date of her death. I just gotten back because she died in Texas and I got back from Wisconsin and I just had to go hang out with some friends that were mediums. And back then I wasn't doing readings. You know what I mean? I was just terrified in my own shadow and blah, blah, blah. And, and this was only like nine, 10 years ago. And I'll never forget. I was getting ready to leave. And I heard this guy go, I'm checking out. And I'm like, what's checking out mean? I knew he was a medium, but I'd never gotten a reading from him. And all of a sudden here's my sister. Now, they were my friends, but they didn't know her name. They just knew my sister died. That was it. The, the name came correct. Everything about her personality. And I start crying. And she's like, why are you crying? You know, because he's, you know, saying word for word verbatim. And I'm like, because now you know everything about me. You know about my tarot cards. You know, about the, you know, I'm crying because I know that she knows everything. And it was so funny because I got a lecture from the grave. And it was a lecture. Word for word, what she would have said to me in life. And when she was done with the lecture, she looks at the medium and goes, oh, my God, when did God make you? And he's like, um, like 43 years ago. Like, <laughs> on the conversation went, I'm witnessing that. She goes, but how am I talking to you? You know, I'm, he's like. I'm oh, she, did, she didn't realize. No, because her, her faith did not let her. See what was happening. Oh, okay. But it was so cool to see all that. And I'm sitting there witnessing this going, wait a second, you know, and to watch that. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he just looks at me and goes, she is so sorry. And I'm like, why is she sorry? He goes, she, she's the one that held you back. She knows mm, her, but she right. was the reason why you never went to this path of mediumship and psychic 20 years ago. Because she had told me I was, you know, I wouldn't go to heaven, basically, you know, because this was outlawed. Yes. Basically. So on the other side now, she's become my biggest cheerleader for anything. But literally to watch that healing from the other side go, wow, here you go, you know. Isn't that wonderful? And that's exactly what I experienced with my father. And there was a healing in our relationship. And I'm sure there was a healing for you in that relationship with your sister yeah. in that moment. And, you know, when those tears come, mm -hmm. when you're getting a reading or given a reading, uh, you know, that's just your soul responding from a, a deep place. It's genuine. It's real. It's almost like uh, that authenticity that a child has. They just cry when they're sad. They're they they you know you can just you know, it's it's a genuine feeling from the soul and yeah. and people need that i mean it's 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 just very cathartic it's very healing so uh, anyway I, I i love the work i do i'm continuing to do readings even though i sold uh, the victory of light expo you know like uh, you heard me before i was talking about change and i and i know i was like babbling because change is i think babbling but <laughs> Change happens, you know? You were not babbling. It's true. Change is happening. And you know what I've noticed? This is kind of an interesting thing. You know, Dia, this is our first conversation. And yeah, it is. I just want to say how much I'm enjoying uh, interacting with you and talking with you. And I am glad we have the same mutual friend. You don't even know. <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. when, she said, when she said she reached out, I'm like, and he said yes. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> when you sold Victory Light, I'm like, I'm never going to get to meet him. I'm never going to, you know. And, and, here we, and here we are. And, and I just uh, find your energy very comfortable to be in. And 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 with and and, and we're having this this conversation but um you know there is kind of like a, a kindred thing between people in our fields uh if you're doing it in the right way uh unfortunately there can be some competitiveness but uh you know one thing i noticed and i don't know if you think about these things um we as a collective humanity humanity as a collective Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like in these last few years, uh, we have made collective choices regarding regarding our evolution, regarding mm-hmm. uh, the way we've decided to go. I think we had a fork in the road. Um, for example, uh, you know, the, the last election, uh, yep. the way we're dealing with COVID, you know, these critical things and, and the way people are deciding to uh, they're making choices, uh, which is leading human evolution in, in a certain direction. And, and uh, I, have, I have felt that, uh, you know, during these last few years. It's like we're manifesting this. We are. I, I, I can't agree with you more. And, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there because I go there with my students and I tell them, and I'm going to go back to not this last election, but the last election before. And whether people liked it or not, I said, you can be a Trump supporter. You can be a non-Trump supporter. That really is irrelevant. That part is relevant. But when you have a nation screaming out, I want change and praying for change. And you have a world praying the United States has change and has healing because we have not been exactly healthy for some decades. You are going to get changed. We've mm-hmm. manifested change, whether you support it, whether you not support it, that really is irrelevant, but we manifested that. Now yeah. we have to watch what comes after it, and hopefully we start manifesting in the right direction. Absolutely. And, and I think uh, history is uh, going to really be the test. I mean, you know, we'll look back on this time 5, 10, 20, 50 years from now. Mm-hmm. And that's when it will become clear yeah. uh, what actually happened, what this time period was really all about. Right. Uh, it'll be through through change. And, you know, I think that uh, I really believe in the power of 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 time and and uh, chronos, you know, time. Um, yeah. uh, a lot of times we we humans tend to think that the good times will always last or the bad times will never end (laughs) it's it's kind of something we do yeah Uh, but we've got to hang in there because you know there have been times in my life where i've suffered i think we really learn through suffering i think suffering in in a way is how we learn or how certain lessons really become a part of the our, the fabric of our beings. You know, they're just part of our, they become part of our cells almost so that we don't forget the lessons. But, you know, there have been times where I felt like a, a failure or like I, things were really going to hell in a handbasket. And then, you know, 10, 20 years later, I look back and say, Look where I am today. I mean, uh, you know, over time, 
time has been good to me. You know, uh, you know, it, it turned out better than I thought. And I think people need to hang in there when they're going through those times where they think, you know, I just can't deal with this. Uh, you know, uh, deal with it with for another day. Deal with it for another day. Uh, and the next day, deal with it with another day. You know, you'll, the bad times do end. They always do. And always the do. good times end, too. They do. So, you know, you should send set aside some money for a rainy day or for, you know, a day when, you know, you might need it. If you have it today, set some of it aside. You know, when you're in a good energy place, when you're feeling happy, right. send some of that happiness into your own future yeah, so, exactly. that, so that it could be there waiting for you when you get there. Right. Or send it to someone else, you know, you know, spread the love. Exactly. So, uh, I think we have to realize that our 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 momentary circumstances mm-hmm. are not the way it will always be. And it's not. Sometimes you just have to look at your life and go, okay, when was a time? This is my way of looking at it. I look back and go, when was a time worse? Well, I survived that, so this isn't so bad. Yeah, that's <laughs> one of the good things about getting older, isn't it? <laughs> It is. It was amazing. I'll tell you, <laughs> wisdom just came in. <laughs> you realize you'll sur- you've survived that. You can survive right. this. You know, the only thing I went. Wait a second. I still have like thirty or so years, maybe forty left to go. <laughs> you know? But now that I have wisdom, I can go back and you know into the future a little bit brighter than I my past was. You know exactly, yeah, yeah. I, I love being a psychic. You know, I've I've done a lot of readings over thirty years. Uh, uh, I, I, my goodness, I used to do like uh, eight readings a day. You know, way back thirty years ago, or uh, twenty five years ago, twenty years ago, uh, about three four days a week. Uh, you know, that's a lot of readings. Um, I'm down to about five readings or so uh, a day, three days a week, and. Uh, so I've got time. I, I, I need time for other things. But uh, when I look back on some of my readings and some of the experiences I've had with my clients, they've been really priceless and, and powerful for me. I mean, you know, being a psychic and doing this work and interacting with people on this wavelength, you learn about you learn a lot about life. You learn a lot about people. You learn about a, a lot about what's important. And, you know, looking back, uh, you know, uh, uh, sometimes, you know, I tend not to be an emotional person. I mean, I really am emotional, but, um, you know, I, I tend to be more analytic and I can put my emotions, uh, you know, on the back burner. And uh, I remember one one reading where there were these two sisters who came and their father had died and uh, their mother had died uh many years before their father died. And I tuned into the father. And then when the father came through, uh, you know, he showed me how hard it was after his wife died. And that feeling that came over me of how hard it was for him, I just started crying. And uh, that doesn't happen to me very often during a reading. And the three of Pardon me? It's special when that touches you that way. Yes, it is. Because you feel what that person went through. Mm-hmm. and how lost he was without her. And the three of us, uh, his two daughters and I, just sat there and cried. 
Yeah. You know, we cried for about three or four or five minutes. And, and you know, that's never happened to me before, but it was so healing and so cathartic. And it expressed his experience yeah. through emotion. And they thanked me. They, they emailed me the next day and they said it was it really was really hard for my father after our mother died. And it was just so nice to, you know, sit there and, and just kind of have that emotional Mm-hmm. cathartic experience that expression and and one of their husbands was sitting there in the chair and you know he 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 witnessed it all and it was just a, just one of those moments that really were so intimate and so private and so magical that I got to share with them and and help facilitate for them and those are the experiences that I look back on and 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 say uh wow that was really special yeah you know we're con- you're connecting with these two strangers on such a deep level yeah within within minutes of meeting them yeah you know so uh, powerful things can happen and uh i don't know if you've ever had any uh uh experiences with celestial beings during readings like mary or a couple of t- actually a couple of times but um and it, once will never leave me. It happened not that like probably six weeks ago where literally I was in the middle of a reading and I don't know why they did it in the middle of a reading, but you know, that feeling where they have just grabbed your soul and they're bringing it straight to heaven. And yes. you're going, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no. I literally <laughs> said, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no. Cause it's all I can say. Like, where, where are we going? <laughs> you know? And I still to this day don't think that was for my client that I was doing the reading for. I think they caught me off ride right and said, let's go. You know what I yeah. mean? Like they, was, put me back eventually. <laughs> you got a glimpse into the reality of the divine. Yeah. Of heaven. It was. And, you know, when, when, when we have those, those connections with higher beings, um, high level beings, they're transformative. You're never the same. No, you're, you're, and it's not, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, that experience, because I've had it on different levels, but not to that level. You know what I mean? Where you get that little bit and it's, it's almost like these little teasers or whatever, you know, until you finally like go, but, um, I went and did a, a, a paranormal investigation at a well-known place in Iowa um, a week ago, a week and a half ago. First one I ever did, you know, and I thought, I'm getting all these students that are paranormal. I better figure out what this is about. So I'm not just, you know, not just blowing smoke up somebody's wind. I need to figure out what this is about. So I went and did this. It was just an amazing experience. But I think the most amazing about it was I was talking to a lady that obviously was still there. She made the choice to stay, but she made it because she was Alzheimer's. And she had gone so far back into her childhood when she, within her lifetime, she was stuck as a child, you know, in an old lady's body. And here I am talking to her as a spirit that is pretty much still earthbound. And here comes her husband who has crossed over to let me know he's been trying to get her to go home. But he doesn't know how to get her to go home. And I'm like, do you know your husband? No. I said his name. She goes, I know who that is. And she wouldn't understand it was her husband. So I went, okay, hold on. And literally, I saw Jesus. And I'm like, got you. I know I get it. I said, honey, do you go to church? 
And she's like, I said, do you remember, do you remember Sunday school? And that song, Jesus loves me. Yes. I know she's, and she started, we started singing it and people are watching me with dowsing rods, you know, doing this. Right. And I said, Jesus wants you to come home with him. And literally off she goes. Like she couldn't believe she was married, but she could believe still in Jesus. You know what I mean? Oh, how beautiful. And go. And the husband's just look. I've got, I'm right now. I got tingles all over me. And the husband looks at me like, I've been trying for years. (laughs) (laughs) And he was still bringing her flowers, even from the grave, you know? Isn't that beautiful? And it was, but it was because literally Jesus walked through the wall to say, Hey, I'm here. Let me help me take her home. Help me. Yeah. You, this just, you facilitated her uh, transition uh, yeah. where she was able to go to heaven. And, and uh, yeah. uh, that's that's a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, and, and this happened, what, a, a week ago? This was a little over a week ago, yeah. That's really powerful. You know, um, I've been doing paranormal investigating for, for years. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I've learned so much doing it. And I think uh, as a working psychic, eventually you will – find yourself having to deal with a paranormal situation. Somebody calls you where the house is haunted or they're having weird experiences there or or seeing uh, people or whatever. And, you know, I've learned so much investigating uh, uh, those places and, and clearing things. But, you know, just because we're psychic mediums to be able to help people, uh, move on, you know, from the earth realm and uh, go to heaven. Right. That's part of our job. And so I find myself having to do that quite frequently. Yeah. uh, In in, just going through my day, you know, like, uh, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, go to a bar or restaurant with friends and I come home and I realize something isn't right. And, I don't quite feel like myself, so I'll close my eyes and I realize that a spirit followed me home. <laughs> and all they really want is to, they need help crossing yeah. over. And, and that's, I'm going to go do one today, later today because she's literally stuck. I, I, I can't, she won't let me connect from my house, which to me is like, why? But she literally just died a few weeks ago and she's stuck at her accident site and she won't leave the area. But people are contacting me like, that don't necessarily believe in our work going every time I go through there, one has actually gotten a lot of verbal on her go, will you please just go there and help her? I'm like, I have no problem. I'm going to go. I will talk to her. We'll get her to go home. You know, we'll, we'll do what we can, but yeah. You know, it's so interesting. I have a good friend, uh, a married couple and uh, the husband's brother was uh jogging along a railroad track a few years back and he had a headset on, he was listening to some uh, book on tape and he did not hear the train and the train hit him and he died instantaneously. And uh, my friend came uh, and his wife came for a reading because uh, they wanted to just check on uh, in on him. And uh, when I tuned into uh, the, the dead brother, uh, he was completely earthbound, completely lost, mm-hmm. terrified. I could not reach him. Mm-hmm. He did not know who I was. He didn't know what I was. But whatever he thought I was, he tried to hide from me. Right. And uh, I, there was no way that uh, that 
the the work could be accomplished. Uh, and I said, you know, he, he needs some time. He's he's earthbound and he's lost and he doesn't know what's going on and he's really just too afraid to be helped. Yeah. And then uh, I said, come back in a few months and we'll check in with him again. And when they came back the the next time, we saw that he had uh, he got it. The light bulb came on. Yeah. He knew what had happened. He had moved on. He was in heaven at that point. No longer lost. No longer scared. No longer confused. And uh, you know, sometimes it takes time. You know, sometimes yes. you can't really force it. They're not ready. Just like you can't really force somebody to have a, a spiritual reading or a mediumship reading when they're not ready. If they're not ready, they're going to put blocks up yeah. so that you can't really uh, get through yeah. or they just won't show up. But, you know, the paranormal world is so fascinating. I tell people that it's like being on a Harry Potter movie. I mean, you know, a lot of that stuff is real. It is. You know, yeah. All that stuff from folklore throughout history, you know, fairies and goblins and it's all real real. real. they were my friends growing up and people look at me and i'm like so much i believe i became a fairyologist through during virtue before you know she made her changes like they're real (laughs) they are real they are real and i've seen them and uh you know and i had i had one client just talking about fairies she had a a fairy it was almost i think i called it like a fairy invasion uh they were really messing with her uh, and uh, and with her with her uh, dog and uh, uh, sometimes that relationship was really not a good relationship because they were messing with her mind and you know this woman was uh, sane and and uh, but she kept saying these things and they wouldn't go away and and I you know, would clear them, but then they'd come back. And I think she was just living, uh, the place where she lived was right next to an Indian mound. And I think that maybe there was just so much psychic energy in that area that, you know, it it was just going to be an area where there were just paranormal experiences. So uh, it it was uh, really rather interesting. But they're real. They are real. That you, you know, it was... You, without a doubt in my mind, like even where we live right now, and this just happened last week. Wow, I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, we have two and a half acres, but a half of it's just got woods, you know, and literally I went out to get some. We were like, you know, taking wood out to the wood pile and this and that. And I was talking to the fairies and like, you know, I, I know we you want I, we reuse what we can reuse. We're doing our best, you know trying to recycle and not, you know, doing this whole thing. And I could feel almost like a very tall fairy, almost like an elven type in the woods staring at me. And it was like, I could feel a bow and arrow kind of like, you know, not to shoot me, kill me, but like that, that feeling of protection. Mm, and I, I see. Just kept, kept explaining like, you know what, if you come and look, just come and look, we've re- they could come in and see all the boards we reused, all the limestone. Like we did this as a, you know, to save more of the earth. You know, I'm not a big, like, I recycle, I do all that, but I'm not out hogging act every active tree. You know what I mean? <laughs> but with this, we were doing everything we could. And with all that they've seen go on with this house, I could understand why they had this, this protective, like, what are you doing? I'm like, but this is my room. I've got control over it. 
So I could feel that and I could sense it. And when I, when I walked away, I was like, I could feel the ball go down, you know, like, okay, thank you. You know what I mean? And I welcome them uh, in whatever they want. Like, come and look at it. Come see what's been happening. Come feel the energy. Yeah. They wanted, uh, what, what's so wonderful about your story is that you uh, were able to, uh, interact with this guardian he was right. guardian of the forest yeah. uh and uh it's it's really uh respectful to uh, what you did you know you you, t- you you explained what you were doing you may have asked permission you may have uh just kind of uh had a little you know it, before you cut down a tree i think you need to let it know and ask for permission or uh, uh, there are guardians of, of yeah. certain areas, uh, uh, all different kinds of guardians. And, uh, and it's important to be aware of the spirit of the land and have a respectful uh, yeah. um, connection with them so that uh, they don't get upset or that you don't hurt them. So, uh, you know, I think that that, I can relate to that story very well. I, I, I had, it was actually my, one of my very first paranormal, uh, it was my very first paranormal investigation with the paranormal group that I was in for uh, quite a long time. Uh, and uh, there was a um, old uh, Indian chief who used to, that used to be his realm that he protected and, and guarded over. He was still there. Yeah. He was still there watching over that land. Yeah. You know, so and he kind of facilitated the investigation. It was uh, it was so interesting. I mean, this work is so interesting and, it, and it's uh, work that only people like us can really do. Um, but uh, I think uh, maybe you're like this too. Sometimes you don't know what you are capable of doing until you actually just try it. Oh yeah. That's why when on my first paranormal investigation, because I was training people that were already in the paranormal, they had their, they had these abilities, but they couldn't, they were, you know, falling over, you know, tripping over themselves. So I was, I'm starting to train these people in this and then i found out when they were on location they would you know some of them would call me and i was doing readings of the house or the spirits from where i was so Mm. i was doing all these readings you were helping them yeah Yeah. but i always kept going you're not going to find me in a place like that because i'll talk to them but i don't want to jump it out going boo i no 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 you know what i mean i believe in the the dead i believe in it all but I don't want to be hit. I don't want to be hurt. Boo. I just, I don't want to be jumped out at, you know? So when we went on the investigation, you know, we had mediums with us, but everybody really wanted to do more investigative, like with the, the ghost boxes and all that. And I went, I can't do that. I have to do this as a medium. That's just my role. Feel free to do whatever you want. I think it's amazing. Trust me, I love it, but I have to do this from my point of view and my wavelength. And I think I actually, I think I rocked it when I did it that way, you know, because. Yeah, that's, and that's me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 uh, I think the equipment's great, yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm going to be the, the, the clairvoyant or the psychic medium uh, yeah. who's, who's doing the investigation clairvoyantly. Yeah. And by doing those investigations, I, I realized that I, 
they had the gift of being able to see how the building had changed or how the area had changed or where things used to be or things that had occurred uh, there on that property. And uh, you put together kind of uh, like the real story because, you know, a lot of these famous haunted places have folklore that's evolved over time where, you know, where you tell somebody and they tell somebody else and the story just changes over time. It becomes usually more dramatic, more of a good ghost story, but you know, it's got little tidbits of, of, of truth uh, in the story, but you can kind of actually get to the real story and see what, what's been going on. And I learned so much uh, uh, by doing paranormal investigations and, and doing clearings and, and, and uh, how, how that's really worked. Uh, I remember investigating Waverly Hills Sanitarium. It was a, like a TB hospital uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. And um, I, I, I realized that uh, at that time when TB was really bad, uh, they brought a lot of uh, Nazi doctors to America, you know, uh, like, I guess, after the war, maybe... Uh, uh, it, to try to help cure these these poor people, and they would just experiment on these poor patients, and uh, uh, you'd see that. And then you know later on, I would kind of read in the history books that you know that's true. They did bring Nazi doctors in to you know try to cure diseases and things like that. You learn a lot about history. It's it's so interesting. And, you know, this world is inhabited, the paranormal world is inhabited by all kinds of beings, as we mentioned. They're all real. I remember the first time I had an experience with a para, uh, with an apparition. I don't know if you've seen one before. I've seen one my grandfather, actually. Okay, cool. So, you know, it, an apparition is where you see someone and they look just like a living person. I mean, you know, I was at the Southgate house. Uh, it used to be called the Thompson house and it's where the inventor of the Tommy gun used to live. And it's in, in uh, Newport, Kentucky. And uh, I was sitting uh, doing I was doing an investigation there and it was really an amazing place to investigate, but I was sitting in a bar upstairs, just sitting there and, I looked over at the bar. There was nobody really there, but the bartender was standing there looking at me. And it was, uh, I said, God, this guy's looking right into my eyes. Yeah. And, uh, and he looked just as clear as, as a real person. Yeah. And he, was, he was looking at me because he was, that was his job. It was like, would you like a drink? Can I get you something? And, and uh, it was so interesting. And then I saw that there were uh, ghost customers sitting at the bar that he was serving. And in that home, I saw another apparition. There was a, a very wealthy um, older lady dressed in like this amazing dress covered with pearls. Uh, she was there. And uh, I was able to see her. Uh, you know, sometimes you see things with your eyes, you know, uh, but sometimes you see them with your mind. Yeah. And sometimes it kind of goes back and forth where you kind of see them with your eyes and your mind. Right. Then they call it, then they diagnose this as bipolar. <laughs> uh, well, a, a lot of times the spirits that inhabit haunted places, they do not like investigators. Okay. They don't like, they think, why are all these people coming into my house? Yeah. You know, who are these people? Why won't they leave us alone? 
That's what we found out when uh, whenever the equipment came out, they went away, and when the equipment went away, they came out. So mm-hmm. we went, let's do it this way, you know. So we they said we could use dowsing rods, pendulums, and our abilities, and that's what we did, and we got nothing but amazing activity all night long. I think it's so important to be respectful of spirits uh, and yeah. uh, things like that because uh, a lot of times paranormal investigators that aren't that enlightened, uh, they try to provoke the spirits or, you know, they're, they're just mean, you know, you would never treat a living person that way. Why would you treat a dead person that way? Uh, so, uh, it's, it's been a great learning experience, but, you know, we share this world with other beings. I mean, there are angels around, uh, there are all kinds of beings around that we don't even know what they are. And, you know, sometimes you're, you encounter things that you've never encountered before, uh, there are extraterrestrials. I mean, there are beings here that just, uh, you know, crash landed here from other worlds. Uh, there's a lot of positive beings. There are a lot of negative beings. There are beings that uh, drain your energy. They just like, they're almost like vampires or they, they do that draining thing. And I, you know, I've run into people living in haunted houses where they have missing time. They don't remember anything. They're tired all the time. Uh, they've got bad luck. And, and when you investigate, you see that the house is really filled with these draining entities. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can get rid of them and sometimes you can't. You know, if you can't, you have to advise the people to relocate. And then, you know, other people like living in that same, like next door or in the same building, if it's an apartment, you can tell that they've experienced paranormal things but they don't want anyone to know because they're embarrassed right you know they they're afraid of admitting it right but you can tell that it's affected their lives in a negative way especially if it's a negative haunting situation uh so it really is a fascinating world and i think part of being a psychic medium uh is uh to live in a world that's a little more enchanted i think or a little bit more magical than i'm really happy when i'm in that world (laughs) it's fascinating it really is so interesting to do this sort of work it really is uh yeah and 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 uh, you know and once in a while you're blessed with these experiences that are just life-changing and uh i always tell people you know just try it. See if you can do it. You know, I didn't know I could do readings over the radio. I didn't know I could do readings over the phone. I didn't know I could do a Zoom reading, you know, I, I, until you tried it, you know, but it works. I love it. I love that. Oh, Victor, it's been fabulous having you. I kept you longer than I was supposed to, and I just enjoyed every moment of it, you know. I have to, and thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I would I like to have it. you again sometime because it's just been such a pleasure and such a joy. You know, it really has been. Anytime. And it's so nice speaking to another psychic medium about these experiences. It's really, it's really nice to uh, talk to people who really know what it's like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I get that because sometimes I say it and they look at me. I'm like, you talk to dead people. You can't get the rest. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, how can people find you, Victor, you know, for the future if they want a reading or anything like that? How can they find you? 
Sure. It's easy to find me on the internet, uh, victorperuta.com. Or if you forget that, just put Victor Psychic. Uh, I'll probably come up, Victor Psychic Cincinnati. I'm, uh, I've got a lot of uh, 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 internet presence. Uh, but my email address is victorperuta at gmail.com. And uh, uh, victorperuta.com is my website. And it'll tell you a little bit about my services and what I do. And uh, so you can easily contact me by email or phone. Um, I'll give you my phone number, too. I don't mind. It's 513-310-3366. 513-310-3366. Fabulous. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Such a blessing. Every, I'm so happy we got to be connected. I can't Same even here. tell you. It was a joy. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, thank you, everybody. I'll be back in a few minutes with your um, weekly reading. It's going to be a quick one. Searching for true paranormal captures, information, and education. New methods mixed with old methods of capturing this mysterious phenomenon. Well, look no further for your ghostly voices than ghostly-voices.com. Nicole Tito and Lisa Crick take you on a journey into their paranormal world and provide you with true EVP and ITC audio captures. Compelling information on debunking, some hilarious bloopers, and more. Remember, these two are veterans in the field and know how to capture the true evidence you are looking for. Ghostly-Voices.com Your paranormal stop for true audio evidence. Ghostly-Voices.com mystery, a book of one man's journey, a book of the afterlife, a book you must read. Ghost in Me by five-time award-winning author Kevin Killen is a book of one man's journey in the search of the afterlife. Read of his chilling childhood experience, his investigative journeys, and his opinions of paranormal activity. Ghost in Me by Kevin Killen, an Ozark Mountain publication. Get your copy today online or wherever books are sold. Hey, welcome back here. I'm Diet Renee here on School Through Spirit, and I've had the most amazing time speaking with Victor Peruta today. Hope you didn't miss a moment of it because I'll tell you what, I just didn't want to stop them. I did not want, I wish the show could have went on for like three more hours because just so much fascination. So while I was at break, I shuffled the cards. We're going to use Lisa Williams' Intuitive Soul Oracle deck again today because I love this deck, guys. I love this deck. I heard three cards and we are going to do the one card clarifier with that, okay? So let's do this really Oh, my God. Pick card number one. If you pick number one, okay, 
uh, we picked the gamble card. Now, I love this because I think I was kind of talking about it earlier. When I picked the card, gamble card, it's about taking those chances, change. It's about all of that, taking risks. Sometimes, you know what? Opportunity comes knocking. You They even open up the door. You have to take a moment to walk through the door, okay? You have to take that time to walk through the door. So if you picked card number one this week, you're going to have some opportunities. It's time for you to take that risk. It's time for you to think, do I want Do I want to change my life? Do I want to have that experience? If it is, take the gamble and walk through the door. If you picked number two, it is the spring card. The spring card, such a beautiful card, isn't it? This really is about, <laughs> I love this. I think I could probably... They're starting to go word for word here. Spring card is about new birth. It's about fresh starts. Think about the spring. You know, snow is melted. The flowers are starting to come up. Everything is fresh and clean. It's all about going in. Remember that saying I said earlier? You know, you're just starting over with wisdom. You're just, it's, you're just, you're not, you don't have to start over. It's about wisdom. And this is about the spring card. New steps, new freshness. Again, if you've taken the opportunity, like card number one said, this is saying it's a fresh start in life for you, okay? Number two card was fresh start. It's a spring card. And number three, if you pick that one, it's fine. Pick that one. It's finding balance, acceptance, and that we are the same, okay? When I look at this card, normally when I see that, I do see that we are the same in the acceptance of each other. But I think this card today, I'm looking at it, it's more about balance, okay? It's yin, yin, yang, um, and, and all of that. It's the sun versus the moon, the the earth versus the, you know the galaxy wherever you want to put it but it's yin and yang so if you pick card number three we're looking at more of balancing okay making think it's equal on both sides of you and making sure because as balance you're going to be able to walk through and take more of those risks because you're going to be more centered okay so number one was the gamble card and that is taking chances, you know, walking in with those two feet into opportunity. Number two was the spring card, which is all about new birth, fresh start. Um, and number three is the eagle card that I'm finding is more about finding a balance like the yin and yang. Okay. Now we are looking at this as your qualifying card, your clarification card. Hoot, hoot. Oh, I love this. It's the ancestral and crescent moon. When, and it's the Six of Keys. And when I'm looking at this card, this card to me is about creativity. If you see the card and you're looking at it, he's got a lot of energy. And it's a lot of moon, nighttime energy going on. But he's using with creating. He's creating something from nothing, really. Because I'm thinking about a lump of clay and you create it. And he's, he's beautiful bust here of a woman. So when I'm looking at the Six of Keys, it is about seeing what you have there and helping it to grow, helping it to manifest within in front of you. You got to put the work in, but manifestation is there and allowing that to really come to fruition into your life. Okay. So as always, I'm going to take a picture of these and put them in underneath under the show's comments for you. Now, I do hope you really enjoyed this show. I'm sorry this part is so fast for you guys, but I want you to take a time, take a moment, realize that we've had some changes within the show this week. Okay. Um, and I just want to do kind of, because I know everybody kind of looks and goes, hey, here, what, do, what are we doing? Um, so I'm going to just, because a new show lineup has been sent to me, because things have changed a little bit, okay? Just a little bit. Let me see. Oh, my God, I don't know where it's at anymore. Todd, if you can put it up really quick, I would so appreciate you, because I swear I took a picture, and I must have deleted the picture. Anyway, I know we have me every Monday morning, and that is at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, 
tonight's show has been canceled tentatively. Sorry, guys. So the uh, the the show that was normally on Monday evenings is not there right now, and I do apologize for that. We go into tomorrow night. I it is with Kevin Mackey. Um, that show is uh, God. I cannot remember it. Oh my God! I just my brain is taking a blank for the life of me, and I'm going no. I literally deleted all my pictures. <gasps> I'm so naughty for that. Um, Kevin Mackey is, I can't think of it, Todd. Do you have it for me? Because I literally deleted everything. I apologize. Um, looking, looking, looking. Looking, 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 looking. Anyway, Kevin Mackey is on tomorrow night. Um, we also have got uh, Haunted Voices. Uh, thank you, Kevin Mackey's New Bridge Radio, 7 Central. After that, you have Haunted Voices with Todd Bates. He is on at 8 Central. And then beyond that is uh, Pete O'Reilly. And he is on um, after that. Um, and that's with Paranormal Pete. Now, Wednesday evening, we normally have Missy and Nicole Ford. That show is revamping itself, and they're kind of just taking a hiatus for a little bit. They will be back, this, Missy um, Hart and Nicole Ford, with a good shit show. They're just taking a hiatus right now to revamp brand themselves. Um, On to that Thursday night, we have got Nicole Strickland, and that is, um, oh, my God, my brain is just... Oh, my brain is just not there. Nicole Strickland is on Thursday nights. Um, and then on to Friday night is uh, Secrets Within with Rene, Rene Rodriguez. Um, I do apologize. I will get it all back in my phone again. If not, we'll have to work on my memory skills. So thank you for tuning into my show, enjoying it as much as I do. I hope you did. And as always, embrace change, guys. Embrace change. See you next week with Todd Bates. The producer, hoot, hoot, hoot. I'm bringing him in next Monday. This has been Diet Renee with School Through Spirit and WLTK DB.